It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. And in the checkout area and the how'd you hear about us section, type in Locked On. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, I'm going to outline a couple of very important things for Nick Kroll to focus on his first year on the job ahead of as head of the Reds Baseball Operations Department. Also going to look at Andrelton Simmons, a guy that I think can help the Reds at the shortstop position here in 2021. And we're going to get into all of that here in just a second. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked on Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And save the Locked on Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, so today, and, and actually, too, before I get into what we're talking about on today's podcast, just a heads up, coming up later on this week on Thursday, Brandon Saho from WLWT joins the show again. We'll be looking at the Reds offseason, some of the impressions that he gets from how the Reds are going to operate with Nick Kroll now at the head of the operations. And we'll talk about all that and more coming up this Thursday. You're not going to want to miss that. All right. So today, going to look at two things, two very important things, and two things that we will flesh out in more detail as we go out through go throughout this offseason because these are big picture ideas. These are things that are very important for the Reds' future to continue the upward trajectory that Dick Williams got them going on. Because I believe that we all can look back on what Dick Williams has done and see that it has set them in motion in the right direction. Now, I don't think his job is done by any means. It's impossible to completely evaluate everything that he has done. But the early returns on what he has done are good. I feel like he's really set up the organization well. You've got a lot of great uh, continuity. I'm trying to think of a word there. That's a great business buzzword, right? Continuity. Well, I got to like, you know, continuity, synergy, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you look through the organization from top to bottom, you can see a direction. And I think that that is the biggest difference from his predecessors to Dick Williams is that we understand where the organization is going. 
he he took over after Walt Jockety left, and it just seemed like right away the Reds had already began to trend up. That is why Nick Crawl has so much pressure on him. And honestly, if the Reds had gone outside the organization and brought somebody else in, they would have that pressure too. This is not something that simply because the Reds promoted from in-house, which was something that a lot of Reds fans, including myself, were um, worried about being a possible negative uh, we can glean positives from that as well. I mean, Nick Crawl's been with the organization for a long enough time that he knows exactly how Dick Williams got this stuff set up, and he can continue that. But here's the big part. This is number one. The big picture number one for Nick Crawl moving forward is he has to ensure the continued progression of the analytics that Dick Williams has set in place. So remember the the Reds and their you know if you want to call it this analytical revolution for the franchise, it's been fun. It's been nice to see that they've incorporated all these things. Here's the thing: a lot of the really successful franchises in Major League Baseball did this decade ago. You know, th- this is not something that just happened. The Reds are on the tail end of the innovation uh, movement. When it comes to analytics and stuff. So they're catching up. They're still playing catch up. Nick Crawl has to make sure that they continue to catch up. They continue to push for the new technologies that help players evaluate their performances, like the Rapsodos and the and the Edgertronic cameras and all those different things. Like keep finding what works. The, obviously, you can point at a very big technological analytic revolution that the Reds need to get in on, and that's hitting. Obviously, the pitching is looking pretty solid right now. They need to figure something out with the hitting, like what the Dodgers have done and different things like that. Like, let's let's get in on this analytical revolution when it comes to swinging the bat because they got to figure that part out before 2021 because they cannot have another season where they are the worst lineup in Major League Baseball. So you've got that. He's got to continue progression, not just maintain where they're at. He has to figure out what the next step is. He has to keep building on this analytical revolution that the Reds have gone through. And I know some of you roll your eyes at that word, but that's where we are. Analytics is not simply some kind of convoluted thing that tells David Bell to bat righty-lefty. Analytics are a very broad spectrum idea when it comes to the book MVP machine that talks about Trevor Bauer quite a bit, talks about Kyle Bodie quite a bit, and how they operate, how they how Kyle Bodie has built his entire career and gotten to where he is now with analytics, how Trevor Bauer continually improves himself using the uh, metrics and stuff. Remember, he says he takes like 80 different metrics on himself on a daily basis, which is way over my head, but I love it. That's what I want the Reds to be like. I want the Reds as an organization to adopt Trevor Bauer's philosophy, and Nick Crawl is in charge of that. Nick Crawl has to ensure that that happens. He reports to Bob Castellini and Bob Castellini alone. So let's see him continue the upward momentum that Dick Williams got started. Big picture idea number two is forthcoming, and we're going to talk a lot about Andrelton Simmons here in just a minute. 
But before we do, I wanted to say if you're looking to do some car repairs, the best website to get all the parts for your car is rockauto.com. Why? Because they've got all the parts your car will ever need. And a very easy way to find those parts as well. You don't have to be a certified mechanic who knows how to take apart a car inside and out. No, you can just go to rockauto.com. They've got an easy drop-down list of all the different car companies. Find yours, find your make, find your year. And then they've got a drop-down list of every single part for your car. You don't even need to know what they're called. However, if you are a mechanic person, mechanically inclined instead of declined, then you can find your favorite brands because they have a large selection of those parts. And when you go to rockauto.com in the checkout section, they have a how'd you hear about us box. Type in locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com because they've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. All right, so idea one for Nick Crawl: continue the upward momentum in the area of analytics that Dick Williams has really started with the Reds. It's not as if they are in the stages of real innovative thinking here. They are catching up to the rest of Major League Baseball. So let's see Nick Crawl continue that. The other part of this is very important as well, and that is the operation of the organization that Dick Williams had created with the different uh, coordinators, the pitching coordinators, the hitting coordinators throughout the minor leagues. And you've got a very congruous, is that a word? A very, uh, they're all in line with their thinking. He's got to continue to make sure that that operates as such. Because one of the biggest reasons why the Reds are in this hole, in the, all right, they were two games over 500 and barely made an expanded playoff field. What are we supposed to do with that? Are we supposed to be super happy with that? They're in this hole because the organization has failed with the rebuild. We, we've talked about that many times. This rebuild has completely failed, and that's why they had to go out and spend all that money in free agency. He's got to make sure that the organization that Dick Williams set up continues, not necessarily a rebuild, because I don't think the Reds need to rebuild, but continues the development of the farm system. We're looking at Nick Lodola. We're looking at Hunter Green. We're looking at Jose Garcia, because he's going to be back in the minor leagues. We're looking at Tony Santion. We're looking at Tyler Callahan. We're looking at these guys that need to be ready, need to be valuable for the Reds once they hit the major leagues. Because we think of all the different young guys that came up through the era of 2014 through 2019, and how many of them are here? How many of them are huge contributors? Yeah. You can count them on one hand. It's not good. We need a lot more, uh, a lot better results. And that is squarely on the shoulders of Nick Kroll to make sure that he fashions the organization in the way to get that done. And they don't have to go out and make wholesale changes to a roster that should, in theory, be pretty good should be a team that is formidable in the division 
for the next couple of years. And then with the influx of talent coming up from the farm system should continue to be a successful organization. That's on Nick Crawl. And these are the types of things that as the years go on, we're going to look back on Monday and mark that day, mark October 19th of 2020 and say, this is where it all changed or this is where it all continued. Hopefully it's just gets better from here. So those are the big thing. We're going to unpack what those all mean during the off season, but continue the analytics revolution that the Reds have kind of uh, experienced, thanks to Dick Williams, and continue the organizational success, or uh, in some ways, uh, build more organizational success when it comes to the farm system. Now let's focus back down more on the micro level. Those were two very big macro ideas. Let's get back to the micro. The Reds need a shortstop. They're not going to rely on Jose Garcia every single day in 2021. That would be a little bit foolhardy. I think it would be very hasty in his own career development, and it would probably put the Reds in a uh, tough spot. Not necessarily because one guy in the lineup can really kill the lineup, but if we're talking about an everyday player that's hitting below the Mendoza line, that's going to be very rough on a lineup that already flirted with the Mendoza line as a whole. So I don't want to see them force Jose Garcia into everyday shortstop playing time. I want to see them get somebody to bridge the gap. And it's not Freddie Galvis. They're not bringing back Freddie Galvis and saying this is going to work because they admitted it themselves based on the actions that they took in bringing up Jose Garcia in 2020. They admitted that Freddie Galvis is no longer going to be the guy moving forward. So who do they look at? I've already talked about Marcus Simeon, gave him a grade of a B, and that's on the Jeff Carr scale here when I'm looking at potential shortstop fill-ins for the 2021 season. Now we're looking at a guy that I've kind of got marked on top of my wish list or whatever as a fan, and that's Andrelton Simmons. Now, when you look at his page on Baseball Reference, you're going to notice that 2020 looks a little light. Statistically, the former second round pick by the Atlanta Braves had a rough go of it after rolling his ankle, sliding into third base, basically the day after opening day. And he did not play a whole much for the Angels here in 2020. He played 30 games, but he had a total of 118 at bats, in which he did hit 297, but Everything else was kind of low. The slugging at 356, that's not really something that he uh, is known for. He's not a hard-hitting shortstop by any stretch of the imagination. But during his tenure in Los Angeles, he really kind of took on new life, especially in the on-base area. His first three seasons, he had an on-base that was much better than his career average. His career on-base average is only 317, but he was 324, 331, and 337, respectively, in his first three years with the Angels. And in fact, in 2017 and 2018, he actually finished uh, in the top 15 in MVP voting. And he got a gold glove both those years as well. And that's where Andrelton Simmons becomes really interesting, is his fielding. And I think we all know it because he is a top-shelf defender. And when you look at my favorite fielding statistic, outs above average, 
He's very, very good. Now, 2020, again, because of the little playing time that he did have, he was actually negative one in ounce above average. But in 2019, positive 16. Nobody on the Reds touches that. Positive 16, positive 12 in 2018. And going back to the first year that they did ounce above average, they go back to 2017. He was also positive 16 that year as well. And so with him, I'm assuming being fully healed from the ankle injury, he can be a super force for the Reds at shortstop. And you you figure that you probably slot him in the bottom third of the lineup. I'm looking at uh, both Simeon and Simmons as bottom third of the lineup kind of guys because when you look at his overall offensive output, it's not that impressive. I mean, average-wise, he's pretty good, but slugging-wise, he's not going to impress anybody. I mean, his highest OPS in any season was in 2018 when he had an OPS of 754. So that's okay. That's not great. That's not something that you're going to slide in at the top of the lineup and be happy about it. And it's not as if he is a crazy fast dude who once he gets on base, he's going to cause a lot of problems for the opposing pitcher. It's just he's pretty solid at not striking out, and he's pretty solid at putting the bat on the ball. And that's what you want in the bottom third of the order. That You don't need some kind of on-base machine. You don't need some kind of RBI machine. You just need a dude who can run into single or double and get a rally going or continue a rally started there because – Think of how many different times the Reds' bottom of the lineup killed them, especially in those two postseason games. It seemed like any time they had a runner in scoring position, you had uh, Jose Garcia coming up or Freddie Galvis coming up or somebody in the bottom third of the lineup that was just going to kill the rally and kill it very quickly. So I'm looking at Andrelton Simmons. He's at the top of my board when it comes to who I wish the Reds will go after in free agency. The thing is he's coming off a multi-year deal with the Angels. Now, maybe because of him not getting a ton of playing time in this shortened season, he could garner a one-year deal. But he is coming off of a deal with the A's in which he made around $8 million on an annual basis. So that's probably a target point for the Reds, maybe a little bit lower than that. I'm not sure exactly how his market's going to play out, but I would love to see the Reds go after him. As far as grades go, going to give Andrelton Simmons a B plus. And that's how we're going to end today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked on Reds podcast today. Remember to subscribe and follow me on all different social medias and mark your calendars for Thursday as Brandon Saho returns to the podcast. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.